Do you like what you hear on this podcast? Then I bet you'd enjoy my email community too. You can join by going to storiesthatsing.net forward slash lesson plan sampler. Again, that's storiesthatsing.net forward slash lesson plan sampler. Not only will you get great tips for all things music teachers, but you'll also get three free lesson plans. See you there. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. elementary music teacher who's frustrated and overwhelmed? I'm Jeanette Shorey, a happy music teacher who loves teaching every day, but it wasn't long ago I was in your shoes. Join me Wednesdays to help you find happy in your music classroom. So it's almost February and since it's closing in on February, I decided we would have this conversation early. And the conversation I'm talking about is, you may not know this, but one of my admins at some point told me that February and October are the two hardest months to teach in. You may already know this because you know how it works. You know what's going on in your classroom starting in February. First of all, the classroom teachers are doing test prep. So the kiddos are working super, super hard. Their brains are tired and they're not really wanting to do a lot of work for you. Then you've also got the challenge that even though February is a short month, it's really a long month because maybe you have one month off the entire time. Now, if you are one of those fabulously lucky music teachers that has a winter break, like a legit winter break, not like Christmas winter break, but the winter break that happens in February, then you are so lucky. But for those of us who do not get a winter break between January and spring break, that's a hard time. It's, it's you know, it, behavior gets tricky. It's a very long month, even though it's a short month. And it's a tiny bit longer because, did you know, it's a leap year. So we are going to get ahead of those random wacky behaviors in this week's podcast. And we're going to talk about some strategies that really work. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my small ones, but I'm going to talk more about my bigger ones because I've been hearing a lot from people that fourth and fifth grade, especially fifth grade, has been a major struggle. So let's talk for a moment about littles. And when you're talking about littles, you're talking pre-K, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, really third grade. And what you want to focus on is three things. You want to focus on structure. Every part of the class should be structured. That really goes for all of your students, but your little ones especially thrive on that structure. So you want to start out with some sort of a greeting or a hello. Then you want to go into say, I usually will do some singing 
And then I go into a movement activity because, you know, 10 minutes in, they're about ready for some movement. Always. I do movement in almost every class, especially with my little ones. And I know sometimes people think, oh my gosh, that's going to add all this chaos to my classroom. But if you structure it in the right way and you are consistent with your rules, it is going to work well. For example, today I had a little guy who was not being safe. He was pushing through everyone. We had put on our dance bubbles and he was just pushing through. So I said to him, go sit on the stool, please. That's that's where our rest area is. And I've actually got the little rests. I know if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that. And that's our rest area. And he gets five minutes out and then he gets to come back because he was kindergarten. So, you know, it, if you, I'm sure you know about timeout, but, you know, the, the age of the child is how much timeout they get. But even with my fifth graders, I really try not to give them a full 10 or 11 minutes out because you know what? They've only got 30 minutes of class, most of them. So I want them to get to the music. I want them to be learning and they're not learning. I mean, they're learning a little bit if they're observing, but they're not learning nearly as much as if they are in and doing everything. So after class, I pulled him aside and I said, do you know why you had to be pulled out? And he was like, I wasn't being safe because I was pushing people. And I was like, yes. So, you know, we've obviously had that conversation many, many, many times in my classroom. So they know. So you want to be consistent. If you've set up rules and you should set up rules, then you want to follow them consistently. The other thing you want to do is when you're doing movement, you always want to have some sort of protection, a dance bubble, a force field, something like that. And it should be soundproof. If you hear talking, you're going to want to have that student sit out for, you know, five minutes, whatever. So be consistent, whatever rules you set up, set up, be consistent with them. And then the next thing I'll do is usually with my littles, I do a storybook lesson and that's a talk for another day. And you know, I, I'm the stories that sing lady. So I've got lots of storybook lessons. And then from there, we'll do maybe an instrument play activity and then we'll do our goodbye. And that's usually all we have time for. So it's very, very structured. The other thing is you want to shower them with compliments. I had a little guy yesterday who a couple weeks ago in my first grade at one of my schools were practicing for a show. And so we were practicing the words and he's a repeater. This is his second time through first grade, but you know, I'm sure most of his class does not know that. And he knew the words really well and he struggles hard with behavior. So what I did was I pointed out what a good leader he was a couple weeks ago. First of all, he's singing on pitch, which is great. And second, because you know, sometimes those kiddos that struggle are not going to sing on pitch, are not going to have as good of rhythm skills, but this child has a very good voice. He's singing on pitch. And so I made sure to point out that he was being a leader. And then this week, yesterday, when we were doing our rehearsing, I said, now remember, blah, 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 the the child's name. Let's say say it's Sam, but it's not. Um, I said, so... 
Remember, Sam was doing really well last time, so make sure that you're listening to Sam if you don't know the words very well yet because he's going to be your leader. He's going to be your model. And boy, let me tell you what, first of all, he perked up and, you know, just like did his very best and then everybody else did too because they wanted to be called out as a leader. So, you know, another thing you can do is... I love how Susie's sitting on her bottom. I love how Rafika is sitting with her eyes on me. I love how Jace is sitting still and silent. These are the things that you, and I'm still talking to them by the way, these are the things that you're showing me that tell me you're listening very carefully and you're ready for more direction. So those are some hints from for your little ones. Then for your bigger ones, to be honest, when I was first teaching fourth and fifth grade only, and this was shocking to me, I had taught K through five or pre-K through five for a long, long time. And I got into Alabama and started teaching fourth and fifth only. And I was not as good with my behavior management with fourth and fifth grade And what I discovered by watching the other teachers, by watching the classroom teachers, was that the exact same strategies that you use for your little ones, you can use for your bigger kids too. Everything works the same way. You can be super structured. You can be consistent. All that good stuff. Even the way you talk to them. I love the way you're sitting. I love the way you're doing this. You know, those kinds of things and, and the only way I learned that was from watching the, all the fourth and fifth grade teachers and watching how structured they were. And, you know, I mean, it was amazing to me that I could do those same behavior strategies with my big kids. And I think a lot of times we look at those bigger kids and we're like, oh, we can be a little more lax with them because now this may not be you, but... I have a feeling it's fairly prevalent because we look at those fifth graders and some of them are like taller than you and they're like, you know, you you think of them like they're older, but they're really still babies. They've only been on the earth for 10 or 11 years, most of them. So it's important to still be consistent. It's important to still use good positive reinforcement and If you have to call somebody aside, if you have to call somebody out, don't do it in front of the other students. Try to call them out like after class, pull them aside when nobody else is watching or go to the classroom afterward and just ask to speak to that student for a moment. So those are some strategies you can use with your bigger kids. Now, I have my secret method. And that is to gamify your classroom. There is a site I've used for years. I'm not using it this year because I don't have bigger kids and I don't feel like it works as well for the little ones. It's called Classcraft. And this is one of the things that I use to keep track of my students' progress. So there are level up rewards that you can set. And so They earn something called XP or experience points and they can also lose HP or health points. And when they lose, I don't say a word. I just go over, I click the button 
And they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we just lost HP and they get all upset, you know. And when they level up, now you could do this on your own as well. I mean, you could use like any of the um, apps that are out there or you can just like keep track with, you know, I know sometimes people will have like a staff or they'll, you know, they'll have something to help keep track of behavior. So you can do whatever you want, but I find this to be really, really a great thing to do. So these are these are some good strategies or this is a good strategy I should say for your bigger kids. And so once they get a level up reward, then they get a reward day. And I had a wheel in my classroom when I taught 4th and 5th grade and it was a wheel that I got on Amazon and I will link to it in the show notes because it's a cool one because you can write in whatever you want to write in and there's probably like I don't know, 12 different spaces for you to write something in. It comes with a little marker and the whole deal. And what we do is we do reward days. So reward days are great because you don't have to buy candy. You don't have to buy treasure box toys. You don't have to spend your money. And also because you're working on the skills that you'd be working on anyway. So one of the reward days is, now this is not a a skill we would work on, but one of the reward days is sit by a friend day. And actually, you know what? I'm changing my mind because yes, it is a skill. It's not a music skill, but when they sit by a friend, then for that day, they get to sit by a friend. And I always put some rules in place where like I'm going, okay, Boys and girls, make sure that you do not pick just one person. Make sure you pick a couple people. Make sure that if someone is left out that you include them. You know, I always give some some structure to the day and then they have to zero. I do like five, four, and if they don't have someone by zero, then I look around and I, I try to find and help them. I try to help them um, find a friend. So... So that's sit by a friend day. I'm not going to go through all of the reward days, but I'm going to tell you some of my favorites. And so they just switch seats for the day. And then I say to them, you are working on your self-control skills. And I am going to see whether you can control yourself as well by sitting with a friend. So yes, we are working on a skill. Another one of my reward days is called drumming departure. And you know how you've got your instruments like lined up in, around your room and the kids come in and they like play them like bang, you know, and the boom, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I do drumming departure where they get in a line and I line all of my drums up and they get to play all the drums on the way out. It's a little chaotic. But none of the teachers seem to mind because what I do is I remind the students, okay, as you're leaving, when you go into the hallway, I need to see hallway behavior. And then I stand by the door. And the last thing they get to do is tap my gong, just like a little tap. And we talk about how to do that. Not with a mallet, just like with their hand. And then... I say as they're leaving, hallway behavior, hallway behavior. And if I have someone who's not doing that, I will stop them and I'll be like, "Uh uh-uh, hallway behavior. So that is another really fun one. Then I've got things like bouncy ball day. I've got glow stick day. And I've got choose your own adventure. Those are some that are on my website that I will link to the choose your own adventure ones. I've got Pirates of the Caribbean 
and Star Wars, and those are some good ones. So what I do is I find a piece of music and I design a fun lesson plan to go with the glow sticks or I find, design a lesson plan to go with bouncy balls or I design and they get to play with the bouncy balls. And I design a fun activity to go with, you know, anything that you want to use. On Pirates of the Caribbean Day, they get an eye patch that they get to keep. Now, I was blessed that I had some funds in for my classroom. So I was able to do that. I was able to buy like eye patches for a whole bunch of kids. And they get a scarf and the scarf they, they get to use like it's a it's actually a pirate scarf so they get to use it like as a scarf the same way you would use a scarf in any movement activity but um and that is super fun as well so these are some of the rewards that I like to do now I want to talk to you about a couple more things and this is adding the fun and the silly to your classroom. A long time ago, a very wise teacher told me, if you don't add the silly to your classroom, they are going to. And so I will do things like, I don't know if you follow me on TikTok, but I recently posted a video of myself teaching high and low and I had two boom whackers in my hand and I I had like the smallest C and the biggest C and we call them little mama C and big mama C or little mama red and big mama red and we do like small is high and big is low small is high and big is low small is high and big is low and that is how our music rules go and I'll do it myself and I'll have them echo then I hold out the small one and I have them do it and hold out the big one and have them do it and so I love to use silly voices I love to if I do bouncy ball activities I will toss them the ball instead of or, or bounce them the ball I will not just hand them the ball so I like to do silly funny things because then they don't know what to expect from you and they're always watching you to see what you're doing next and I am telling you I know you're thinking to yourself Jeanette you are adding so much chaos to your classroom but I can tell you like I have had so many people sit in my classroom this year because I'm teaching in a different place and I've got pre-K and all the pre-K teachers are supposed to be in there with me and I am getting like all these massive compliments all the time about how well I control the children. So I'm telling you there is major control in my classroom even though we're doing all this crazy stuff. The other thing is I hear from parents all the time my child tells me how kind you are and how nice you are and how respectful you are to them. I hear this all the time because I treat my students as partners in the learning. Without a partnership, learning can't happen. So I don't treat my students like little adults, but I do treat them with respect because even the wee little ones deserve your respect. If you make a mistake, if you call somebody out and it's not the right thing to do, or, or even if it is the right thing to do, but you get a little snippy with them, make sure you apologize. Try to never yell. If you are getting to the point where you feel like you're going to yell, step away. Walk out into the hallway. Walk next door and ask that teacher to come in and you know give you a moment 
ask for their opinion. When you're doing reward days, when you're doing consequences, those types of things, ask for their opinion. Ask what types of music they like. Let them play with the toys, do the things that they like to do. And finally, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but let them talk. They need that time to talk. They don't get enough time to talk. And if you let them talk some, they are going to be a lot quieter for you in the long run. For example, I'm going to give you an example because that's kind of like, what are you talking about? How can I let them talk? So for example, when I had my students go over to the Orph Instruments today and I said to them, when you get there, I don't want you to pick up the mallets because we hadn't, we had to go over like how to hold them again and stuff and I didn't want them doing anything random and I didn't want them like getting a different hold in their head. So I said, I want you to turn and talk to your neighbor about which one is the small one and which one is the big one on your instrument. Then another thing we did is we were doing this really cute activity today where we were moving around the classroom like snowflakes and I wanted them to know what snowflakes really looked like and I know they have like all these examples of you know the the little plasticky snowflakes and the glittery snowflakes and that sort of stuff but I found a really cool video I will also link to that in the show notes where there was like a snowflakes developing and in my very first class they immediately started talking about what the snowflakes looked like and I thought wow that's really great learning because then they're they're really getting a good idea of how the snowflakes look so that when they go to do their movement later they know how to form their body to make the snowflakes so I said to them and actually I had one teacher who was like shh don't talk and I was like no no I want them to talk because they're they're getting something out of that so what I said to every class was while you're watching I want you to talk softly and I've learned with little ones you can't say turn and talk to a neighbor because they're confused by that at least my little ones are and that's across the board but what I'll say is I mean they'll just like shout out to you know whoever right so I will say to them just talk about what the snowflakes look like so that's what they're doing and I'll talk a little bit if if a, a class is not talking then I will go ahead and I will start talking oh look that looks like some shovels on the end of that snowflake that sort of thing so let's go back through and talk a little bit about all of the strategies you can use to help with behavior management all year long but especially during the long month of February first of all be positive second of all be structured third be consistent Fourth, gamify your classroom. Fifth, use those level up rewards. And six, use the reward days. Seven, add the fun and silly before they do. Eight, be respectful. And nine, allow them to talk because they need it. If you got some great tips and tidbits that are going to help you become a happy music teacher, I would be so thankful if you'd leave me a review. Thanks so much for your time. Well, that's all I have for you today. But before I go, let me remind you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep being fabulous you.